spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 148th Annual Subliminal Reception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Uh, I hear you have a little bit of a rant that you would like to go on. Yeah, well, I figured I'd just, you know, fire it up right away this week. I was actually, I don't watch much, you know, uh, like off-season sports news for football, but you know, the draft is coming up and it's kind of getting hot right now off-season wise. I saw a story that really pissed me off. So, really, it's about the the Cleveland Browns. And apparently, that team, even bigger scumbags than I had thought that they were. Yeah. Yeah, they are leaving a wake of fire behind them. Definitely. So, yeah, apparently... Well, here's the thing, though. A few years ago, you know, I mean, they had gone for over a decade, you know, searching for a quarterback, trying to find someone. It's almost like they were a scummy dude who didn't brush his teeth, you know, never showered. And then finally, some nice girl finally came along and cleaned them up and made them a little bit more presentable, you know, and they were all happy with this chick. But that chick, Baker Mayfield in this instance, cleaned them up so much that an eight finally came and gave them a little bit of a look. And what did the scumbag Cleveland Browns do? They're leaving Baker Mayfield in the dust and chasing after the fucking eight. They're they're going after the fucking, well, you know, Texans quarterback. He's having a little bit of a, you know, a problem right now. So he's looking for a place to land. And once he sniffed up fucking Cleveland Browns alley, they just dumped Baker Mayfield. Deshaun Watson basically, you know, in battled, but, you know, trying to come back with his image. It's, ah, man, it's a hard pill to swallow when it's like, they gave up so much for him, and they gave him a fully guaranteed, like, $230 million contract. Like, yikes. I don't know. It's, um, yeah, I don't know if that coach was in on it because he seems like a really nice guy. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not good. Especially, there's a lot of people who are like, I'm not, um, cheering for this team anymore. There was people I had heard on another sports podcast that, like, podcasts I literally cover the Cleveland Browns. Like, people are like, I'm just not doing my show anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Cleveland Browns, you know, they they got Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield finally, like, took them to the playoffs. He, He had a bad year last year. He was fighting through injuries, still playing while injured, still trying to make something happen. And then at the end of the season... You know, Deshaun Watson comes along and they start talking shit about him, saying that he's, you know, a child in the locker room. He's not. They want an adult at quarterback. And, oh, his his play last season just wasn't very good, even though they know his rotator cuff was torn. I will get injured. I'm not going to stick up for the Cleveland Browns, but I have heard that Baker is very immature and he says things, puts his foot in his mouth quite a bit. 
Yeah, I don't know about any of that. I will, you got to only look at really, you know, play on the field and every. I mean, he's a NFL quarterback. He's going to be a bit of a douche. Go find one NFL quarterback who's starting, making decent money, who isn't at least a little bit of a douche. (laughs) I don't think you can make it to that level without some fucking country. You know what I mean? It's just not possible. Very true. Um, Look at Brett Favre, the fucking league's nice guy. Turns out he has a total asshole. Yeah, he's (laughs) uh, heavily addicted to narcotics or was painkillers and then... Yeah, uh, took that penis picture and sent it to that, um, I don't remember, someone, some lady in the organization. Not, uh... I believe it was with the public relations. She was... Public relations, huh? That's probably the last person you want to be doing that, but... Yeah, the, uh, speaking of football here, Phil, real quick, before we get in the episode. So, I have way too many Xbox 360 games, right? And I was kind of like, oh, maybe I can sell them even if you don't get much somewhere. And I was looking through the list of most valuable or some of the most valuable 360 games. Um, what do you? What would you be your guess for what one of the top ones was? Ooh, are, is it because of rarity or because of popularity? Rarity. Rarity. Um, for a 360 game, I don't know. I would have to say one of those games that crossed over from PC, but not a lot of them were made. Kind of like how Diablo yeah. was the most expensive uh, PlayStation One game. Apparently, it is uh, NCAA Football 2014. I had that one. Did you? Shit. Because yes, I did. Because apparently that was the very last year before like the so licensing was. thing kicked in, so they can never make another college football game again or something yeah basically it was between never making the video game again or giving college football players a little bit of money for using their likeness and they chose to never make the fucking thing again (laughs) ah yeah we love love america but yeah apparently capitalism (laughs) if you were to have like a sealed copy of that apparently it's quite valuable okay yeah i I, that game, a lot of them came out, so I doubt, I mean, maybe it's because not a lot of sealed copies exist. Maybe that's what makes it more rare. I imagine a lot of people have, you know, opened and played copies of that game. Yeah. Apparently there was an NBA game that was really, um, really valuable as well because it got pushed out kind of prematurely and it had like an insane amount of bugs in the game, like. One player, it was so bugged, one player, like, actually could never miss a shot no matter where he was. So they, like, <laughs> quickly ended the the line of them or whatever and then uh, pulled them from the shelves and re-released some other game in his place or something like that. I remember playing games from the NBA games from that time. I believe it was Kobe Bryant. Played against him. Every single shot he took, he could make it. <laughs> didn't matter if you contested it. Didn't matter if he was half court. He just popped him right in. Don't mess with only him. when he was playing against you, though. Ah, right. Not if you. Not if you had him on your team. Yes, if he was on your team and you fed him the ball, brick every time. <laughs> All right, Phil. You ready to get into this week's episode? Yes, said it. All right. On this week's episode, we are going to be talking about a particular entity whose name is enough to scare certain religious zealots. 
this particular boogeyman has been referred to as the Antichrist, a being who is said to bring about the apocalypse and the end of humanity or do some sort of other ominous thing that will basically bring chaos to the world. Now, Phil and I have most certainly heard about the Antichrist during our time uh, at Catholic school, but what I want to accomplish on today's episode is to find out the truth about what or who exactly this Antichrist is and what the religious texts truly say his goal is. So, obviously, I've kind of erased Catholic school from my mind, you know, kind of got rid of those memories. Um, Did we talk about the Antichrist, do you believe, Phil? Well, I actually do believe that our second grade teacher may have been the Antichrist. Possibly. Or more than possibly. I'm pretty sure she was. But (laughs) no, we didn't really. I mean, Catholic school didn't really talk a ton about the Antichrist. It was more about general evil doing and evil shit. But I mean, the Antichrist, it's kind of it's almost more like a popular culture thing rather than something that they teach in a Catholic school. Right. It's uh, I don't know. It's such a unique thing because you always hear or this is kind of what got my eye. I my idea about this was you, you kind of just are like, oh, the Antichrist is coming. He's going to dupe the whole world and kind of just destroy humanity Everybody's going to be thrown into hell, yada, 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 right? Yeah, I don't know if this is going to like come from like later discussion on, but it always seems like the Antichrist always has the Christians on his side. Have you ever noticed yeah. that? Like in yep. all the movies, the biggest zealots of the Christian world are always on the Antichrist's side because it's like, oh, he's the great deceiver and he's going to make you on his side. But the problem is a lot of religious people, they think, oh, the Antichrist, you know, all the evildoers are going to go to his side and they're going to be fighting against us. It's exactly. kind of the odd thing. It's uh, You're exactly right. We're going to be, I have quite a few Bible verses we're going to be going through and I think it kind of lays out um, basically what you just said. The great deceiver, the one who's going to pull a trick over on everybody. Um, you I, what you're saying basically is most of the Christians who are afraid of him will be like, oh, I could never get duped by someone like that because I have faith in God or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And at the same time, they would probably point out, and I'm led by the most holy of him all. They would point right at the Antichrist. That guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the funny thing is when the two sides meet, you know, the end of days, when they meet at Megiddo and the Antichrist is leading his army, the other side of the battlefield is, you know, against the Antichrist is supposed to be like when Jesus comes back with swords coming out of his mouth, using the word of God. So it's going to be all the atheists being led by Jesus against the Antichrist, who is leading all of the most zealot, you know, religious people. Yeah. So, yeah, basically. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Now, a tale like this is as old as time where you have good guy versus bad guy, uh, Batman and first Joker, uh, common sense versus Scientology, uh, Mario versus Bowser, the yin and yang of keeping balance between what is deemed to be good and what is deemed to be bad. Now, as the name implies, the Antichrist is literally the polar opposite of the good guy of the story, 
that being, of course, Jesus Christ. Now, oddly enough, the Antichrist is not Satan himself, but apparently an agent working either with Satan or in leagues with Satan or on Satan's behest or behest or something. Um, but it kind of seems like we'll go through it, but it seems like Satan didn't send the Antichrist, but the Antichrist is just doing what Satan wants to help him, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, I again, you know, refer to like pop culture and movies. It's always, it's never Satan himself. It's always either like the child of Satan or one of his angels impregnated some woman on earth. And now like that's the anti antichrist. Um, it's, or it's just some kind of, you know, evil person who is a head of some kind of cult who, who is the antichrist or of course, Barack Obama. <laughs> Well, hey, hold on now. Don't be listening to too many names because when we get yeah. to possible Antichrist, I need to hear who you think might be the Antichrist. Okay, gotcha. Elon Musk, get ready. It's coming. <laughs> All right. Now, to get an estimate of how much religious leaders actually believe in the Antichrist, one website took a survey of 100 Protestant pastors of which 49% truly believe that an Antichrist figure is going to arise sometime in the future. 14% believe that the Antichrist is the simply the personification of evil. 12% uh, think there is not just a single Antichrist out there, but multiple Antichrists. 7% um, believe that the Antichrist is an evil organization, and and 6% of the pastors believe that the Antichrist has already came to Earth and um, has done his bidding, whatever he was going to do. It's it's already done and over with. Um, okay. Do, do those numbers surprise you? Uh, not really. I mean... It is a little, the 49% I thought was a little low when I first heard it, but then when you broke down the rest of the percentages, I was like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, it kind of, uh, it almost kind of seems to really point to none of, you notice that there's really isn't any percent of them that say, no, there's no such thing. There's no antichrist. Right. No, no, it's all, yes. There. I wonder though, if there was any, any of the, any of the questions down the line were there is no antichrist. I wonder if it was just these, you know, like one through five, whatnot. Um, yeah, I mean, there there have been a lot of people who, obviously, it's always in hindsight claimed that other people were antichrists. You know, um, whenever they looked at uh, Nostradamus, and he was kind of talking about like the evil one. It was always in hindsight that they would say like, "Oh, it was Napoleon," or "Oh, it was it was Hitler," you know, somebody like that. So, but Nostradamus could have been talking about some Roman Caesar, you know. Yeah. But it's uh, to say that they, the only six percent believe that the Antichrist has come, has already come to Earth and done his bidding. I would say that is a little low in my mind. I figured that one would be a little bit higher. Well, I mean, if you think about it. And like the readings we're going to go through, um, especially in Revelation, uh, the Antichrist coming should be almost like an extinction event, right? Yes. 
Yeah, so, it should lead to the end of days or, you know, as the end of the world as we know it. So everyone always believes that it's kind of weird. Like we've had we've had this discussion before. Basically, everyone believes that the end of the world is going to happen within their lifetime. No one ever thinks like it's some far off kind of event. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, if it's going to happen, I'm going to be here to see it. Right. Uh, to I'm going to be here to fight it, basically. Yeah, I want to see all those uh, church-going folks out there fighting the devil or fighting the Antichrist. I, I can't wait to watch that on TV one day. Um, but uh, why don't we get down to some actual scriptures uh, detailing who exactly this Antichrist person is. Um, it appears that the first time the name Antichrist had ever popped up uh, we're in the letters of John, which is said to have been written sometime between 85 AD and 100 AD by John the Apostle. Uh, the letter of John also are sometimes referred to or go by the name of Johannine Epistles or the Epistles of John, uh, which are all found in the New Testament. So it apparently i didn't really realize this but uh i think everybody knows the apostle john right or has at least heard of him um i yeah. i would have never guessed he was the first person to ever write the words antichrist well is it is it john the baptist or is john the apostle are they the same people no i think they're different maybe they're the same i think they're different though be who have written in 85 AD to 100 AD, and Jesus supposedly died in like 30 something AD. That means that he wrote 40 some years after Jesus died. So it's a little, a lot of these. So this is kind of a conspiracy deal in itself. A lot of these these books that are supposedly written by these people were actually written like later on by people who had never met them. Right. Um, who supposedly I, either had visions or had heard like oral traditions or, you know, knew of someone who knew of someone who heard these things. Yeah. I'm not really sure how they got the d dates. I mean, they did narrow it down within 15 years. Maybe there's mentions of John in other historical documents or something. I don't really know, but, um, yeah, well, it, it's funny because when we, start to get into like deeper into why he wrote this. Um, and we kind of talk about it. It'll, it'll make a lot more sense, I think, but we'll, that'll kind of be towards the end of the episode. So, uh, let me start off reading a few of these lines here. Uh, first one is in one John two eighteen. uh, children. It is the last hour. And as you have heard, the antichrist is coming so now many antichrists have come. Therefore, we will know that it is the last hour. Uh, 1 John 2.22 says, Who is a liar but that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is the antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. 1 John 4.3 says, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already. 2 John 1, 7. 
For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So, okay, from these lines here, um, what do you what do you take out of them? I mean, he's not really talking about. I'll I'll kind of break it down a little as I see it. I'm reading it. It's right in front of me. He's not talking about a single person. He's not talking about anyone who necessarily comes from, like, Satan or evil. He's basically just saying anyone who doesn't believe that Jesus and God are, like, the same thing or that Jesus is Christ. He's basically saying anyone who is an atheist is against Christ, an yeah. antichrist. So it doesn't really mention, like, a single, you know, magical evil entity notice you know what uh what is even crazier these lines right here is the only section in all of christianity the 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 biblical text that actually says the word antichrist it's never brought up again yeah and i mean the the thing about the bible is it's been it's been rewritten so many times in like every time it gets translated into a new language or every time somebody kind of picks up the book and kind of rewrites it how they think it should be rewritten. I mean, they use different words for different things. Who knows? Like Antichrist might have been like a different word back in its original or it might have actually been, you know, who knows description of an atheist, someone who's against like against Catholic or Christianity. You know, but it got kind of put into Antichrist when it got, you know, later languages. You know what I think is interesting about this here is, from what I can tell, it's not necessarily even just atheists. It's people who say that Jesus isn't the Son of God. Like, anybody who is denying the fact that Jesus is God's Son is essentially an Antichrist. So right now he's in this he's probably just talking shit about Romans and Jews. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Or basically. Jews, probably more. They everybody hated Jewish people. Uh well for let, quite a while. Let me uh let me tell you about the Jewish people and the correlation to these phrases here. Uh some historians believe that John had actually stolen the idea of the Antichrist from the Hebrew Bible, more specifically the book of Daniel, which was written sometime uh, 167 B.C., the verse said, Speak great words against the Most High, and wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. Now, apparently, this line in the uh, Hebrew Bible here was talking about a gentleman by the name of Antiochus for Epiphanes, the leader of Palestine at the time who was trying to wipe out Judaism completely. Um, you know, I made a little joke here, Phil. You think they would call him the anti-Moses? Oh, yeah. I actually... <laughs> so... <laughs> um, yeah, we actually learned about him in my Greek history class. So after the death of Alexander the Great, the Macedonian Empire was split up into a bunch of different uh, like sub-empires, and then it all kind of broke away. And it was under a bunch of his generals. Um, uh, most famously, you probably heard of the Ptolemaic yep. dynasty. 
in Egypt, that was one of his generals was Ptolemy, and he became ruler of Egypt. So Antiochus was down the line from another one of the generals. Um, he was in charge of like the Levant and the area we now know as Israel or Palestine, and they were actually trying to wipe out the the Jewish religion. They uh, basically, you know, they were burning down temples. They were uh, burning down, burning out their religious texts, trying to get rid of them. And then afterwards, uh, kind of down the line more, they made up with the, you know, the Jewish people and kind of like invited them back in almost. But yeah, they, uh, they were doing some bad shit. So this guy, uh, not, not a nice fellow, huh? No, not at all. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, as mentioned, these next phrases, I'm, or the, these next passages I'm going to read, don't explicitly say the word antichrist, but it is implied apparently. And some people actually think that John also stole passages from the Thessalonian chapters in the Bible. So, I mean, it wouldn't be that surprising that chapters, older chapters in the Bible were stolen from, or newer chapters were stolen from older chapters. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of one of the tricks that they use. Once again, kind of, you know, using hindsight. And then, you know, later on, people will go like, oh, well, see, this was written. And this person, you know, obviously in olden times at the same time wrote the same thing. And it's like, no, actually, this person wrote one thing. Then this person wrote the same thing, but in his own little way. So it's kind of one of those little fuckery deals that they do. <laughs> well, in two Thessalonians uh, 2 chapters 1 or sorry verses 1 through 4 this is what it says as to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him we beg you brothers and sisters not to be quickly shaken in the mind or alarmed either by spirit or by word or by letter as through as though from us to the effect that the day of the Lord is already here. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the lawless one is revealed, the one destined for destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, declaring himself God. So, this is kind of a classic here. The false, I don't even want to say prophet, but the person declaring that they are God, but they are not God and they have ulterior motives. Yeah, kind of sounds like a Caesar. Kind of sounds right. like a Roman emperor. Right. A little bit. Yep. yep. And uh, we're going to be talking about a few of them later in the episode. Um, once you kind of hear all this, you really... Or like, okay, you can put yourself kind of in their, you know, uh, mind a little bit and be like, oh, this is probably who they're talking about. Yep. You know. I mean, the the big bad at the time for the Christians and for the Jewish uh, oligarch, you know, the the hierarchy of the Jewish people was the Roman Empire. Right. So it really would go to say, if you were saying like, there's a big bad out there, everyone's going to be like Romans. Yeah. Yeah. The Roman fucking emperor is the big bad. Right. And the big bad right now is hot topic for them. So, uh, kind of comparable. Yeah. Harry Potter, <laughs> the devil, so, the devil literature. 
You know what's fucked up? Uh, there's a few people I knew who we used to work for Hot Topic, right? They said every fucking day someone would call and tell them that their store's unholy and should be closed down. <laughs> what the fuck? Awesome. I, hope, I wish they would record it. Yeah. Uh, they don't work there anymore, but I'm just like, are you guys serious right now? It's just black clothing, and most of it's goddamn anime anymore. Oh, yeah, it, definitely. It's all... It's, it was basically back then, too, though. It was a lot of, like, anime and band t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. That's like, all it was. How was yeah. how that like, satanic? Weird kids wanting a place to look weird. Yeah, like, how was that satanic? I just... I don't get it. It was probably just the fact that they were selling mostly like black t-shirts ah. and like that weird kind of uh, the the bondage jewelry and shit, all the the chokers and stuff like that. Probably all that shit. Oh God, people just need a new hobby. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the poor motherfuckers just don't have a life, really. <laughs> all right, now let's read another uh, verse here from Thessalonians uh, chapter two. Verses 7 through 10. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but only until the one who now resigns it is removed. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will destroy with the breath of his mouth, annihilating him by the manifestation of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is apparent in the working of Satan who uses all power, signs, lying wonders, and every kind of wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Wow. Pretty, uh, I kind of like that one, Phil. A little more, got a little more spunk in it. Yes, this one actually sounds like the Antichrist that people <laughs> are thinking about. This is, I mean, he. they talk about you know, the one who uses his powers, his lying wonders, and how basically Christ is going to come back and breathe, like, his fire words at them. Hell yeah. You know what's funny? Like, the lawless one was, like, some big insult. Like, literally, the lawless one right now is Jeff Bezos, and I don't even think he'd be offended by calling him a lawless one. Yeah, Vladimir Putin out there being yeah. the lawless one. Maybe John yeah. Bon Jovi. Maybe he's a lawless one, too. Wanted! Wanted! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Maybe he is the Antichrist. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that song is Bon Jovi, but... Yeah, sure. it I've, is. Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen Young Guns probably about 150 times, so one and two, of course. His, uh, uh, on his still horse, I ride. That's old, uh, old Bon Jovi. Yep. No, he could be the Antichrist. Who knows? <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to read one more verse here. Uh, these ones are from Matthew 24, 24 and Mark 13, 22. This was interesting because they must literally have the same line in both of them, which is not surprising. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and produce great signs and omens to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. So, yeah, um, it's very vague again. But I guess it just is saying, be careful of false mess false messiahs and false prophets. Yeah, because they'll lead anyone astray, even politicians. <laughs> exactly. And only the elect. <laughs> and only those true to the word of God can uh, cannot fall for these trickeries by the devil. 
Yep. If you're uh, if you're in big with Big C, then you can uh, suss out the bullshit. I guess you and JC. Forever. Yeah, yeah. The uh, this old televangelist, right? They would they be considered antichrist then? Because they're leading flocks for false pretenses, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if there was a, actually an antichrist, I would totally believe it was one of those Sunday morning assholes. Definitely. Cause gotta be one of them. They're very clearly, um, in it for the money. Oh, definitely. It's, and you know, it's going to be the ones who like bash gay people left, right, and center, and then always get caught with a young male prostitute in an <laughs> airport bathroom. Yeah. Those are always the, yeah, just the, <laughs> you, every time you see one of those Sunday morning preachers, like bad mouth gay people, you always know like, all right, look at the calendar. Let's play the guessing game of when's this guy going to get caught with a dick in its mouth. That one really, really popular guy, I can't remember his name. He was a big evangelist, and he he got caught um, with a gay sex worker. And I can't remember how he held on to his people, but it was basically by saying that he was tempted by Satan or something like that. Yeah, he was saying he wasn't really gay. It was just uh, Satan tempting him, pretty yeah. much. Uh, they... Uh, Omar talked about him on the documentary Religious quite a bit. Yeah, that guy, yikes, man. Some yep. people are just so fucking gullible. Oh, yeah, definitely. And people threw money at him. Yeah. Like, just barrelfuls of money his way. And, you know, it's one of those, uh, basically, the kind of preachers who, the preach prosperity preachers, those kinds. Yeah, yeah. I, I must be right with God. Look at I'm flying around in a fucking jet. <laughs> well, God you know? wanted me to have this giant airplane. Of course he did. It's not like it's the money that you fucking idiots are giving me. <laughs> All right. Now, one of the weirdest parts of the Antichrist story is the one that's found in the book of Revelation, which I didn't want to go too far into because I think the book of Revelation Deserves its all like an entire episode dedicated to oh, yeah. just it, but it's essentially the Christians' end of the world pamphlet. Um, but again, not a single mention of the word antichrist, but there are plenty of verses referring to a literal antichrist. So, like I said, I can't, I don't want to read all the verses in Revelation because it's a lot. We'd be here for about twenty minutes reading them. But it essentially states that one beast is going to rise from the sea. People believe this is Satan. This is the ten horns with ten crowns and all of that. Uh, and then one's going to rise from earth. Now, they believe this might be the Antichrist that is spoken of. Uh, in Revelation thirteen twelve, it read, And he ex exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now, so again, a little confusing, but essentially it's the earth beast came up, tricked all of humanity. Then the sea beast comes up and the earth beast already has everybody on earth convinced to worship the now sea beast, which is the devil. Of course, it's Tom Brady and Bill <laughs> Belichick. You know, it's gotta be everyone. Like, you know, like seriously, two-headed monster. 
just think about this for a minute. You have Satan who is supposed to be, you know, lake of fire. He's in hell. But he's coming up through the sea like the fucking Kraken. And then you have the earth devil that comes like, I don't know. This doesn't doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense, Phil. Well, we did talk about kind of like sea creatures and the like in a previous episode. Leviathan was the sea creature. The earth creature was the behemoth. And then there was an air creature also, but I can't remember its name. <laughs> There's air but, So yeah, the, but there was, an, there was an air beast okay. as well, but I cannot remember what the air <laughs> beast name was. But there was Leviathan, which was the sea beast. And then behemoth was the land beast. Uh, I wonder what the air one was. Probably... Does it start with a Q, you think? I don't know. It mm. was uh, a dragon air, possibly. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so uh, Revelation's pretty metal, but yeah, they, they more or less what we're getting to is they have a pretty clear-cut uh, thing that somebody's going to trick off humanity, Earth's going to split open, people are going to be fighting, yada, 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 all that stuff. Um, I think that that's kind of where most people get the Antichrist apocalypse thing. Definitely. Yeah. Revelations is most certainly the Christian Armageddon wet dream. Oh, yeah. And for hundreds of years, preachers have been using it to kind of like, you know, scare the hell out of their parishioners. You also got to think, too, Sunday when the preacher would get up there, that was also entertainment for the people. People who really, a lot of them in like rural areas in very underdeveloped places didn't have a lot of entertainment. So the juicier you could get, you know, the more the more coppers would come into the in the plate. That's a good you know, The more people, the butts in the seats, basically. That's a good point. Like if I went to, you know, I obviously we don't attend church or anything. Um, but if if I had to go and this motherfucker up there is going crazy about end of the world, the demon coming out of the water with ten horns and crowns and like all this shit, I'd be like, man, this is this is the best uh, creative creative writing class I've ever been to. Oh yeah, and you got to think too. In some of those little small villages, the preacher might have been one of the few like learned people and one of the few who could actually like publicly speak. It was probably like. Him and the like, the town's like judge who were competing for you know the most like intellectually developed people in town. So really, they like he was the main show for some of these people until like the circus came to town. But then guess what? He's telling everybody that they're you know full of Satan worshippers and you know witches and shit. Let's be anytime real- you know. Let's be realistic though. Uh, circus usually is full of those types of people. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> I'm talking about like any time a festival or a fair or, you know, even like the the traveling, like the gypsies would come through and have their little shows and stuff. They always everyone always claimed like they bring disease, they bring Satan, they bring witchcraft, all of that shit. That's why a lot of uh, why a lot of like the traveling, you know, entertainers were always kicked out of town. They were kicked out of town by the Christians. Very good point, Phil. I uh, didn't really Hoppers think that about could go it. to the plate. <laughs> All right. So I, I want to go through the list. This one website said the 10 signs that the Antichrist is here or what he's going to try to accomplish when he gets here. Um, I'll just go, go through the list here. Uh, number one, he claims to be God and is worshipped. 
Number two, he will speak blasphemous of God. Three, he will display miraculous powers. Four, the Antichrist comes back to life. Uh, five, the Antichrist rules in full authority. Six, the Antichrist will control the world's economy. Uh, seven, the Antichrist desecrates God's temple. Eight, the Antichrist attempted destruction of Israel. Nine, causes Earth's armies to fight against Christ. And ten, the final destiny is the great lake of fire, which I assume is hell coming to Earth. Yeah, I'm going to say Jeff Bezos for at least seven of ten yeah. of these. You know what? That's exactly who I was thinking of. Uh, claims to be God and is worshipped, yeah. obviously. Uh, we'll speak blasphemous of God. I don't really know. He kind of seems like he might be an atheist. We'll display miraculous powers. In 20-some years, Amazon's went from nothing to being worth trillions of dollars. Uh, comes back to life. I don't know. Maybe. He hasn't died yet. Uh, rules in full authority, obviously. Controls world economy, obviously. Yeah. I don't know if he's done anything to God's temple, but um, final destiny is the lake of fire. I mean, you got the fire stick. So, right there. There you go. <laughs> oh. I guess the whole world's connected to the fire stick, so maybe it's a metaphorical lake of fire, huh? Definitely. It would work for one of those fucking uh, Christ movies where they talk about the Antichrist. Have you ever heard of the series? It's called Left Behind. There's a bunch of those movies out there, and it stars the guy from the TV show Growing Pains, Kirk Cameron. He's apparently like ah. this huge evangelical person now. Yes, I've uh, I I know about that. Oh yeah, Christians love those fucking movies. Just <laughs> just rubbing one out to it every night so all that can get them off. You know what? Okay, in Left Behind, is there like an antichrist who's like a CEO of a company or something? I believe yeah, I haven't actually watched the movies. I've just heard about them. Okay. But uh, it's it's like a really powerful individual and uh, there's the whole, you know, where everyone goes up to, you know, the, the true believers go up to heaven and then, you know, it's about the people who are left behind, like the, the sinners who are trying to repent. I wonder if, because it's funny because when I was looking into this story, there was some sort of a book series. I think it was called left behind and it was just kind of about what you're talking about. Yeah, basically like the rapture occurs and then it's like what happens after the rapture, the big, you know, the big fight that happens afterwards. Kind of like the, well, one of them that I actually kind of like it that's like this is the movie The Stand. Okay, yeah. It's not really a rapture. It's more of a horrible fucking pandemic Just, yeah. that kills almost everyone. Yeah, I've never watched the full movie, but I need to. It's like six fucking hours long, isn't it? Well, it's a it's a mini series, so yeah. it's multiple episodes long. So there was one from the '90s with the the chick from Just Shoot Me. There was that one, and then there was one that was just on Paramount Plus, like a year or two ago. That was actually pretty good. Was it was it? worth watching. Yeah, okay. they remade it for Paramount Plus. So if you have Paramount Plus, I'd say give it a watch. It was good. I do not, but uh, maybe in the future I will. All right. Yeah, uh, it's not worth it's not worth getting just for that. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, Phil, you ready to go through a list of some uh, candidates here for the Antichrist? Yes, let's hit it. Okay. So, um I kind of threw this in here. We got to remember um you can religious leaders can kind of weaponize who they view 
is the Antichrist, if it's simply someone who just has, shares a different viewpoint than them, good chance they're probably the Antichrist in their eyes. So you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt. But one of the apparently the most popular uh, choice amongst people who could be the Antichrist is uh, is actually the Pope. Um, or more specifically, the Roman Catholic papacy. Uh, it's it's funny because this is a very popular theory among the arch rival of the Catholics, the Protestants, which is no surprise. So, do you think the Antichrist could be coming from the inside and is the Pope? Well, I mean, it is. Uh, so the whole you know the Reformation and the protestants kind of argument against catholicism basically the the roman catholic like the papacy like there was the borgia and there was these really like long long lines of catholic popes that were just terrible back then it was about more your family and who had more money not really about who is the most christian or who is the best choice for pope it was kind of a paid position like somebody actually paid to have that position to increase the wealth of their family in the future so, I mean, really, you could see it. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of problems that the Protestants had with the like the whole Catholic system. Basically, people trying to sell um, absolution so that they could you know not have to go through purgatory, get straight into heaven. There was also you know the showing of religious idols, idolatry, you know, all of that stuff. So, basically, Martin Luther's big beef with the Catholic Church. But okay. Put yourself in, okay, if you believe the Antichrist is coming to be someone who comes from the inside and tricks mass amounts of people, the Pope would be in a pretty good position for that, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. And it's not a Pope who you agree with and are buddies with. It's always one that isn't your friend. So, <laughs> Here's what yeah. I think is interesting about this theory is like, I don't think the Pope's nearly as powerful as he used to be. Oh, definitely. No. Popes used to control armies hundreds of years ago. Now they can't even control their own parishioners. Yeah. So, yeah. No one listens to him anymore. So, I mean, the one we have now is kind of cool, but the one we had before him was a fucking definitely a former Nazi <laughs> doing some shady ass shit. I mean, if you're a pope and you quit before you die, you there must be some dirt on you somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but I just think the pope probably wouldn't. If the Antichrist was like, hey, it's 2022, I want to get this over with, I want to do this prophecy, um, I don't think the Pope would have enough leeway for him to choose that route. Oh, no, yeah, not not nowadays. I mean, uh, the look at the guy, Pope Francis, that they got. I mean, super nice guy, really kind of, you know, he's uh, a little bit more, like, liberal. I guess he's more, like... More 21st century. Like I said before, the guy before him looked like the fucking the emperor from Star Wars <laughs> for Palpatine. You know, he almost looked like he would have fucking lightning come out of his hands when he pointed at somebody. So, he maybe he yeah, did. But I would say if the Antichrist did come out of the, the papacy, they would have a real problem like taking control. Yeah. Yeah. He'd probably get real sick of sitting and having to listen to people while he's sitting on his chair or what I don't really know what the Pope does, honestly, but uh it seems like he sits in his chair and then people come visit him. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's you have as much power pretty much as the Queen of England. You're just kind of in a you know, uh ceremonial position nowadays. Right. Right. Now the next one here 
you kind of alluded to the to this earlier, um, and I'm sure we probably talked about it on our Nostradamus episode. Um, and I looked high and fucking low for the quatrain where he actually talks about this. I they must have uh, Joe Biden must have scraped you know scrapped it from the <laughs> internet because I can't find it. But essentially, he says there's going to be three antichrists. Um, the first one they suspect was Napoleon. The second one was Adolf Hitler, and we are still currently waiting on the third one. And when the third one comes, it's supposed to be like a global apocalypse. And then it's yeah. like a rebirth of humanity after that, I guess. That's the funny thing about waiting for the third Antichrist is both sides of every single argument can try to accuse the other side's leader of being the Antichrist. And we're talking like... We're talking all the way back to like Jimmy, like to Gerald Ford, Nixon, Jimmy Carter, even Jimmy Carter, they thought was might be the Antichrist. You yeah. Know? And then it's basically all of the presidents up until now, like Obama, we mention all the time they think he's the Antichrist, Bill Clinton, both Bushes, Trump, everybody, Biden, you know, they think, uh, what's her name? The vice president, um, Kamala Harris. Yep. They think she might be the Antichrist. People yeah. talk about her. You know, just waiting in the wings for old Joe Biden to finally croak, and then she takes power. You know. Yeah, it's uh, that's actually our next uh, possible candidate. We'll talk about that in two seconds. So here's the real question, though. So obviously, uh, would you say Hitler and Napoleon might have been two of the most evil people to ever exist? Ooh, Hitler, yes. Napoleon. I don't exactly like I've talked about I had a whole episode on yeah. him. I mean he was a really like a really good general and he took power. Um a lot of his stuff he didn't really it wasn't a lot about like persecuting people as much as Napoleon was or as much as Adolf Hitler was. So Napoleon Bonaparte, if you were like if you were against him, you really thought that he was like the most terrible person on earth because he kept kicking your ass on the battlefield. Adolf Hitler was a terrible fucking human being. Yeah. Who actually, thank God, that I thank the God that I don't believe in, that he was incompetent as fuck and didn't stand a chance of actually beating the Allies. Yeah, exactly. You've mentioned that before. Um, the, the, you know what? The other thing that I thought was ironic, um, why they think Napoleon was evil as well or an Antichrist is because he... I don't remember if you mentioned this, but he was in support of the Jewish people. Well, that was, he wasn't against them. And that was basically, you might as well be in support of them. Ah. He wasn't like a fervent anti-Semite. Yeah. And back, back then, if you weren't like a fervent, a fervent anti-Semite, you were basically like with them. You know, you were doing everything you could for them. It was seen as. So It's just, it's funny. When this you was. This was back in the time when there were like forced ghettos where Jewish people were, you know, forced to live in throughout European cities. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I thought that aspect was funny because simply because of the anti-Semitism and obviously certain uh, branches of Christianity aren't real fond of the Jewish religion. Yeah. They're fond of the idea of Israel, but only because it leads to the end of the world. <laughs> Exactly. They, they love Israel. They hate Jews, basically, right. is how it kind of works. Right. All right. Now, the next one, you kind of mentioned the, the U.S. president thing. Like, 
you literally it's like almost all of them um the the strongest candidates weirdly enough always seem to be from the democratic party which might be telling you something about the conservative party um i found this interesting though uh the president being the antichrist theory was apparently star- all started by a pro-Nazi evangelist from Kansas named Gerald Burton Winrod, who started to convince his followers or whatever uh, that FDR was actually the devil because he was working with the Jews and the communists and that Hitler was going to save Europe from the communi- or from communism. So uh, next time you think about President X, Y, and Z being the Antichrist. Um, this is the gentleman here who started that. Yeah, it's, I mean, so FDR was kind of, he was the Democratic president back when the transition kind of happened between the Democrats going to be more progressive and the Republicans being more conservative. It, it obviously, it took decades for that to happen, for the, for the full switch. It was after uh, JFK and um, basically when the party kind of switched because of the right to vote. But yeah, it is, it's so weird how a lot of those people like back before world war two thought that like they sided with the Nazis because they thought that communism was this evil Jewish cabal, like this evil threat that was going to basically take over the world. So they were in support of Hitler because he was against communism. Yeah. It's pretty fucking wild. Um, honestly, I hate to say this, but I guarantee there's certain sects in the United States who are probably pro-Russian just for whatever purpose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of it's weird. Like politics right now is a little bit weird. Um, we've never seen like media have such a huge influence. So if they, you know, it's all about your algorithm and what your algorithm shows you. If your algorithm shows you the wrong few things, you could end up becoming you know, a Russian supporter thinking that it's, it's good that the Russians are doing this basically, you know, uh, speaking of that, did you see the last quote from, um, <laughs> Marjorie green Taylor? I know you're <laughs> familiar with oh, her. She, what did she say? She said, uh, the U S needs to, or more specifically, Joe Biden needs to quit, quit giving Ukraine aid because it's wasting the U S taxpayers money or something. Yeah. She's uh, uh, she's on a different level, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they say whatever they have to say. True. So it's You can't take her seriously. She doesn't <laughs> even take herself seriously. No, no she does not. <laughs> All right. Um, you want to hear probably my favorite uh, person who apparently is the Antichrist? Who is it? So apparently this is a very, very, very popular uh, person who was suspected of being the Antichrist. It is uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. Um, okay. Apparently, he was the Antichrist because he was very popular in Russia and earned a lot of votes, I guess. And the most telling mark was his evil birthmark on his forehead that had to be the mark of the beast. Yes, I remember every single satire that came out about Russia and Mikhail Gorbachev <laughs> had to do with the large, unsightly birthmark on the top of his head. <laughs> God, what? Like, look, my understanding is he wasn't that bad of a Russian leader. Am I mistaking that? Well, I mean, he did. He did kind of uh, reign over the end of communism. 
or the end of the Soviet Union, I should say. Um, yeah, so kind of why he was so popular was because he was rolling a lot of the um, tyranny of the Soviet Union back. And it led to a lot of like revolutions, uh, basically almost kind of like a soft landing for getting out of the Soviet Union, kind of like reforming it. Then, of course, you know, Putin comes in, whatever, 10 years later, and now we're back. But yeah, uh, he was actually meeting with the U.S. president at the time, Ronald Reagan. They had a lot of big meetings about kind of like the future of the world and uh, like working together. So, I mean, I guess that would make him, you know, if he was if he was opening the world up, maybe people who are making money off of the Cold War didn't like that. Gotcha. Okay. Actually, one more that would be that would be my guess. So, one more quick thing speaking of leaders here. Um in the article about the presidents being the antichrist is basically from FDR forward. Who do you think's the one person who Nobody thinks it could possibly be the Antichrist. Of all the presidents that have came since um, uh, FDR. I'm going to say Ike Eisenhower. No, apparently it's Gerald Ford. Really? I guess. Yeah, he did kind of, he did fall ass backwards into the presidency though. I just, it made me laugh. It's such an obscure president to be like, no, 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 no. He, he can't possibly be the Antichrist. He's way too incompetent. No one likes him. There's no fucking way. Actually, he was pretty likable, but no one liked him as president, I should say. He was likable as a human being, not as president. Right. Right. That just made me laugh. Um, Kind of uh, one more thing here. Some people think the UN itself might be the Antichrist because of the name United Nations leaning towards some sort of one world nation, I guess, and controlling economies yada 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 so what do you think about that yeah um that is i've heard of that before of the un being kind of like the the new world order um kind of i've also heard of the un being it's the idea that kind of like hitler had of kind of like a world or that's the eu i'm thinking of sorry of i've heard of the eu kind of being like linked to the end of the world and the rise of the Antichrist, kind of just because of its Nazi um, upbringing. But yeah, the UN, um, a one world government, one world currency, uh, kind of like someone inside the UN taking over the world. Yeah, that's kind of, I guess, uh, it, it's uh, with the Antichrist rising, that's one of the tallies that's supposed to come to fruition. So I guess that, like you said, could be them saying that has to be the devil's work um, or whatever. But uh, anyway, I'll kind of move into the last section here. And I think to me, and as you've partially alluded to, um, who makes the absolute most sense for who the Antichrist could be that they were speaking of way back then? Um, it's probably Emperor Nero. uh <laughs> He, he had quite the reputation for killing Christians and for being kind of a tyrannical leader. Um, the coincidence comes into play because Nero died in 68 AD and the letters of John were allegedly written sometime between 85 to 100 AD. So they're kind of connecting the fact that the tyranny of Nero was pretty fresh in all of their minds. And if you were to trans... Okay, I don't really know how they do this, but it, 
transliterate Emperor Nero's name into Hebrew. The numbers are 666. Obviously, 666, Mark of the Beast, all that. Number of the Beast, yada, yada, yada. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, there's a correlation between the book of Daniel and their tyrant and the letters of John and their tyrant. And in their eyes, Nero was set, or I guess even the Romans were set on wiping out Christianity altogether and kind of, they're alluding to, you have to watch out for Nero's in the future who will pose a threat to Christianity. Basically saying, yeah, you've got to watch out. He nearly wiped us out, you know, in the past. So these people are going to come. It is, um, uh, obviously, uh, we've, I was talking about it up there. You were talking about it before, but it really was the, em- like the worst enemies of the Christians early on were the Romans before kind of Romans realized how powerful Christianity was as a manipulation tool. And they turned to Christianity kind of to, you know, center it basically. Right. And what I think's interesting and probably I would assume is why they referred to it as the Antichrist is if he got caught writing Nero or whatever instead of Antichrist, that he would have gotten in big trouble, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, the Roman Empire at the time, you're coming, you know, just out of what is this? It's really, I mean, it's not as powerful as it's going to be, but in that area, it's super fucking powerful. Like you are in the heart of Roman controlled country where they were all at, kind of in that Mediterranean area. And if you even even though Nero was dead, he was still kind of seen as like this this was a, a living god in the past who's died now. Like we make statues of this guy. Even though he might have been a psychopath, he's our psychopath kind of deal. So especially if you're a Christian and they want to fucking kill you anyway. That's just another charge they can put on your head. So um a few things here. I don't I know of Nero, I know he isn't he one they suspect might have been schizophrenic and a leader? Uh, I've heard there were that, a few. Yeah. I anyway, what I was getting at is so the great fire of Rome that happened, I think like ten years before he died or something like that. He blamed that all on the Christians doing. Um, so obviously that's a pretty good indication he wasn't exactly fond of them. Yeah, a lot of historians now actually think that it was Nero who burned down part of the city. And that was because he wanted that real estate to build some of his own public works projects, some things that like people would remember him by. They think that he's the one who actually had the fires set. And then he rebuilt those parts of the cities, kind of like to get the peasants out of there, and then to put his lush like gardens and his estates there. I think we need to do an episode on him one day, too. Because uh, he's yeah. quite a fucking character. Um, so I- yeah, there was there was quite a few. There was Nero. Uh, there was God. Who's the other one? Um, Little Boots. And the fucking name boots. right now. Little Boots. This is uh, what his name translates to. But I can't think of his fucking name right now. There's a few fucking psychopaths in that uh, that lineage there. Uh, one of the things I read about Nero. This is completely off subject, but. Apparently, he had kicked his, like, wife or girlfriend to death, like, literally beat her to death, and he felt really guilty about it, so he married a young boy, but then, okay, how was it? He married a young boy whose facial features resembled that wife or whatever, 
and he forced the boy to get castrated and all of that and kind of start to look like his ex-wife or something. It was very strange. I mean, I don't know what the... It was very weird. Um, As you can tell, he was an asshole. Oh, yeah. Fucked up beyond. I mean, also, too, who knows exactly... I mean, a lot of the stories were probably coming from his enemies who are going to say the worst shit that they possibly can about him. But even the ones that come from, like, historians in Rome at the time were pretty bad. So... True. Very true. Yeah. Oh, um, by the way, it was Caligula. That's who I was thinking of. Caligula. Okay. I'm pretty sure I've heard that name before. Yeah. So, uh, basically, with all that kind of out of the way there, um, more or less what I would have to say is my closing statements in regards to the Antichrist is... Uh, probably this big war and all of this shit and earth being taken over by like a fire, yada, 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 probably not going to happen. Um, I think I'm going to give John a little bit of credit here. He was very wise in saying that we, you need to be vigilant about tyrants such as Emperor Nero or probably, uh, Caligula here or any of those guys who were at the time their enemies now revelation written after the uh, letters of John are interesting maybe they're still referring to uh, Roman emperors or tyrants like that in a vague manner but either way I think that's all they were referring to whoever would put their religion at risk I guess of becoming extinct even though now they are the ones with the most power, which is kind of ironic to their writing. Yeah, definitely. And it's almost as if the Antichrist really went from kind of this, you know, this uh, horror story for future generations to look out for. It almost changed into more of a device for kind of increasing one's own power and, you know, being the most out of their, you know, uh, their words kind of deal. The most money, the most power, everything like that. So really how kind of like the Antichrist really formed over the past, what, 1800 years into what it is now. It's kind of it's kind of amazing and how it became such a simple thing to say. Like someone you disagree with, even though maybe you're more powerful than them, even though maybe you like display the signs of the Antichrist more. You're going to say they're the Antichrist, you know, just to try to put them down. It's almost like, you know, calling someone crazy. Immediately, it's just dismissive. Right. That's a great point, Phil. Uh, You know, you can basically, you're a pastor or something. You don't like celebrity on TV, say, or leader of a country. Oh, they must be the Antichrist. You know, it's very easy to just kind of throw that label out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen over the past, what, however many centuries, whenever there's, you know, a powerful person and they want to kind of be dismissive of someone and they're religious, too. It's just so easy. If your followers are religious, you can just say they're the fucking Antichrist. Look, and it's both sides, really. And I know we yeah, it's just really just dismissive. That's all it really is. And we have been saying that about Jeff Bezos. But look, guys, we have scientific proof he is the Antichrist. So sorry. <laughs> Seven out argue. of ten. Seven out of ten. Really. <laughs> yeah. It's better well, than Neil deGrasse Tyson. Seventy <laughs> percent. Well, anyway, Phil, if uh, anybody wants to give us their interpretation of Antichrist or if they know an Antichrist, where can they do that? 
Yeah, they can give us all of their candidates for who is the Antichrist uh, on our email, of course, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from everybody. It's always great, you know, hearing you guys' story and your perspective on some of our topics. Uh, if you really want to, you know, show us a picture, send us, uh, tell everyone about who the Antichrist might be, you know, hit us up on our Instagram account, Subliminal Deep, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, love all the shares and all the likes. Thanks for all of that. Cody and I both have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is SDPodPhil. Cody, you got one? Yeah, you can follow me at Cody's Above on Instagram. Um, I check it every every couple days or try to. And uh, thank you to everyone who's reached out to me. I greatly appreciate that. Um, the last thing we need you guys to do is log on to iTunes, leave the show a five-star review. Preferably written, doesn't really matter what you say, just uh, as long as it's five-star. And if you are a Spotify user, it's really even easier. You can literally just hit the five-star and submit. You don't have to type anything. And I see, I think it's like 50 people have done that for us already. So thank you guys so much for taking the time to do that. It uh, it definitely helps us, you know, boost the numbers up. These uh, these pod these podcast platforms have a dirty little game that involves stars and we need to conquer said game otherwise they may be the antichrist um so (laughs) that's what i'll say about itunes and spotify uh otherwise guys we'll see you next thanks guys